It's the Rebirth of Life and Love podcast. You got Felicia here. You got Big Rome in the building. And you're probably wondering, like, why 112, why Cupid? We're talking about, obviously, we always talk about relationships. But we're going to dial a little bit deeper into some articles that popped up that had us really thinking through our relationship and what we've been through. And, and the reason being is it is almost a new year. Mm-hmm. We're going into 2024. We're, we're going to reevaluate everything like we did in the last episode of what we went through in 2023. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to be building better relationships. BB, hashtag BBR for 2024. Let's do it. Let's get it. BBR by RL. Okay. RLL. DVR by RLL. That sounds like an expensive perfume fragrance, Ooh. something like that. Like like Macy's would sell it. Oh, I can and see that. And then you would see it in Ross after that, <laughs> after <laughs> after Macy's. But but yeah. And you guys know, like, we, this was to be a little different than last week. Last week was, or two weeks ago, we did a lot of recap. It was heavy. We, it was heavy recap, but it was really good for us. But we're going to dive into some, like, What's going on in the world right now? Because we know y'all love to get our perspective on it. I'm intrigued to hear what your thoughts are because I feel like me and Rome always come with a different perspectives on everything. Everything. Which adds, adds to what we're doing here. Okay, so actually it was funny as Rome sent me this article. So I'm, I'm get my notes out for those who are watching. Um, it's deep. She she took this real deep. Let me, let me let me while you're teeing that up. Okay. This is how we do our pre-pod because again we're parents, we're caregivers. Felicia got a job. I got a job with the kids. I'm at home. So there's not a lot of time for stuff. So what we typically do is as we're seeing content and seeing articles, we save it. And we're just like, okay, this is something we could either talk about or this is something the people should know. Now, this time, I found this article because, again, we want to leave you all with some actionable steps to make your relationships better in 2024. Mm-hmm. And if you're single, these are some relationships, or excuse me, if you're single, these are some actionable steps that you can do self-work to make sure that you are ready for the man, the woman, or the they of your dreams in 2024. Yes. So Rome sent me this. It was about every couple must go through these two tests. Two of them. All right. And it's about how your partner responds in a fight and how your partner responds to good news. And we're not talking about a fight like putting the gloves on and no. like somebody swinging. We talk about an argument. <laughs> this ain't no blue face. I feel like they be okay. fighting. Yeah, no. yeah. We ain't, we ain't not mentioning them on this, this broadcast. This disagreement or argument, okay? And when you sent it to me, I remember when just seeing the headline, I was like, in my head, what would two tests be? And how you respond to good news wasn't something that I initially thought about. Well, the first one, and, and I, I know just, we're not, we don't want to jump there yet, but like the first one made a lot of sense. The yes. first one would have been the one that I thought of, but I think the second test might have been, see, again, this is my pessimistic mind because it's like actually how you handle failure, which again is kind of along the lines of the first one too. That's what I thought too. I thought, yeah, how you respond in argument, but how you respond to failure, how you overcome hardships in yes. relationship because there's that fight or flight. Yep. And so I think that's a, a test is when you get through a really tricky time with your partner, will they fight for you in the situation or will they flight and say, I'm not willing to, <laughs> to deal with this hard time. It's easy for me to cut my losses. It's easy for me to run. And, and I don't, I didn't mean to laugh, but like <laughs> my life was like somebody flighting. And that's why it's like yes. funny to me to, to hear the, the fight or flight because like, some people, the first opportunity of an argument, see that door or see that window and climb right out in the middle of the night and ain't shame. No, yeah. 
And I, I also feel like it's a lot about upbringing because if in your upbringing you were taught that disagreements aren't okay, that it's you always, I think for me, there's a little bit of people pleasing. So you would think in an argument or disagreement, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to upset you. And that's what I kind of brought into like my adulthood. And I've had to overcome that. And now I'm very much like solution based. Like we have to have, like, we're not going to agree on everything because I did not pick a partner. We shouldn't agree on everything. I didn't want that. I could have found someone who enjoyed everything that I did and was just like me, but like, I don't think that was what I needed and, and vice versa. Mm-mm. So by finding someone who is almost opposite and brings out a different side of me meant you got to get ready to have to hold your own in some arguments or disagreements because they don't see things how you see them. Well, it's yin and yang. It's the typical Gemini argument, right? I right. mean, it's just, there's, there's it. different, there's different sides mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to understand different sides. And then that other person that other person, you know, depending on their upbringing, like you said, maybe all they know is conflict and defensiveness. Yes. And so that's all they reciprocate back. Or right. That's all they get. They throw back when it's like, nah, both of you need to just stop and listen. Yes. And that's a skill that takes time to learn. And you have to go through an argument to realize Ooh, this is toxic. This ain't healthy. We're not finding the best way to move forward. So in the article, it and then we'll link the article in the description notes. What it says is that arguments and communication issues are the top reasons why relationships end. Mm-hmm. And so in an argument, it's not just about the topic. And it's not just about the way someone responds. It's like that combined issue. So are they responding in a way that you, makes you feel like they're looking for a resolution or are they being someone who's super combative? Combative. combative yeah. yeah. Or and just I'm, disrespectful because like a lot of us, again, the, the male trait that I had to work on is like, you don't, the, the argument isn't entailed to win, but like it goes back to what we talked about before mm-hmm. is this is not me saying this. This is like research out there. An article said, Men typically lead with facts. Women typically lead with feelings. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have fact-oriented people who are often all the time referencing facts in argument and women are like, well, this is how I feel, of course, there's going to be a disconnect because we are are, uh, taught to like, no, if it doesn't say this, that you could prove it, then it's not right. It's Mm -hmm. incorrect. And so we don't even allow space for those feelings to come in, which is why a lot of people can't stop and be like, okay, I hear you. Right. And you said something right there. You said right. So it talks about fighting right. So not the fact that fighting will never happen and disagreement will never happen, but the fact that it will and you have to do it the right way that the end result allows you to move forward and find a solution. Because fighting wrong to me is everything you just said. It's not hearing your person. It is being highly uh, sensitive to criticism and being very defensive, it's being disrespectful, it's not hearing your partner and their feelings. It's something we've worked on is... It's having a curfew and not listening at all. And because, you know, you're starting and you got your priorities straight. It's like that. Yeah. It's something we talked about is like when someone... Sorry, I know it was loving basketball. That remember their argument, the big, the big argument. Oh, 
You said, what am I supposed to do? Stay. If I stayed, I wouldn't be started. So at least you got your priorities straight. That was a bad argument because she wasn't hearing him out, but he also wasn't hearing her out. So we'll pause there and I'll keep using that as a reference because that's like the best like argument scene that I could go back to that everybody should know about. Argue right, fight right is the key because if you don't fight right, then the relationship honestly will probably end. It will all build up and build up until a point where neither one of you are talking to each other. And it breaks down four different ways that you can respond. So I'm going to read them off because I thought they were really interesting is active constructive. So that is when you are listening to your partner and you're trying to find the resolution to the, to the issue. There is passive constructive where it's, you don't even really talk about solution. Like you kind of act like everything's okay. There's a little bit of resentment there starting to bubble up, but you kind of just sweep it under the carpet or the rug, I should say. I took the whole to Burger King. On the other end, at least she had time for me. Ooh. You see, it's it's this yes. it's this this right way, wrong way. And again, I'm gonna keep referencing this movie because they show you perfectly once you grow up and once you actually hear the person out, what happens. Mm-hmm. That's I feel like a lot of people want relationships like Quincy and Monica, and literally like you just get to different stages, or you just don't understand that like. You're, uh, you just don't understand the value of someone else's opinion, so you're very egocentric mm-hmm. in that. And so, yes, like you said, you have to understand and you have to learn how to do this the right way. Yeah. And then there's active destructive, which is pretty much disrespect. <laughs> like, you are holding it from the person's face, head, like, that this relationship will end. Like, if you don't listen to me, if if you don't agree with me, we over. And those are the highly toxic ones. I've never been in a situation like that, but I can only imagine how that would make me feel and how that would belittle me over time and how, of course, like it would just, the relationship would end for me. Well, the crazy part, again, that comes from a real insecure place. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like if you need to be the one to say, you better listen to me or else like, you're asserting, you're trying to literally assert more power than you have in the situation. And you're trying to use that one end to just be an ego trip. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like I'm not going to lose this one, regardless of what happens. You may be the one in, in the right in this situation all along, but I feel wrong and I'm going to pour my trauma and my insecurity on you. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to blow up this good thing because. I can't communicate with you outside of making you feel less than. Yeah. And I think that's what you you see quite a bit is this whole um, one person having to be the dominant thing it has nothing to do with alpha male, beta male, alpha female, beta female. It's nothing to do with that. You just have people who want to have the upper hand just so they can say they have the upper hand, just so they can temporarily feel better. Mm-hmm. And I, when you see that, when I when you see someone respond with an active destructive there is very much a power control issue. And that is when you've got one partner that is dominant. There's no partnership. There's no 50-50. And there's a, in our last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about what a good team looks like in a relationship. There is no team. That one, there's it's just that one person and the other individual is supporting them. I think that's when you see that 
type of communication come in and also when it's being accepted because there are relationships that do run off of this active destructiveness and again it's because and like i can't speak for them but there are a lot of women out there who want complete alpha males that just Mm. they can't and again this is just me reading what i see and reading what i've read this is not me clearly but there are a lot of women who want men that will just tell them what's what Mm. and they call it you know the 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 man's man and Mm. it's just like yeah you you're going through these feelings and a man tells you shut the up and you shut up yeah and like instead of so you have to you know you want all that masculinity but now you're forced to suppress yourself so it's just like you usually i feel like see that not to to call out y'all's grandparents or your great grandparents but like that's usually how the relationship went back in the day like grandpa could do whatever he wanted because he knew your grandma wasn't going to leave literally had a family down the street and he knew grandma wasn't going to leave he talked to her any kind of way he could swing on her any kind of way but like people want that some people (laughs) yeah i'm sorry if i'm triggering these people uh but again this is just we're trying to help identify these behaviors um stuff that you may not even know that is happening again which is why i keep using movie references because a movie that most of you have seen and you can understand the journey and the relationship and how we don't want that for you. What we want for you is the end of Quincy and Monica. Because look what happened they came when. Back together. But not only that, but look what happened when when Quincy was alpha dog, and now he blew out his knee. He can't hoop anymore, and who's hooping now? She carrying the family on the back. Mm. So it's nobody Monica. nobody talk about that. Nobody talk about Zeke McCall's late night meetings. <laughs> what meetings? <laughs> I was gonna say that's the that's the uh, what do you call it the um, the destructive that is the destructive arguments where she's just like can I get one night right <laughs> but also he gaslit her like he gaslit y'all that's a whole other story story but the last one is passive destructive and so that is when you ignore your partner you ignore the issue and you kind of just think the solution will happen on its own but there's no active. Uh, supporting it and trying to move forward in the argument so that one's just as bad but it's just like one is silent and one is very uh vocal Vocal. yeah one's silent one's vocal and you just add space between your relationship there was a a sermon and again not to get Mm -hmm. religious on y'all but there was a sermon that i listened to recently of big famous church online pastor a lot of people know young young cat and um the sermon was talking about how the devil gets in a lot of relationships based off like the company you keep. Mm. And basically what it's talking about is, you know, you listen to, and this sounds so old and I apologize, but like you listen to all these rap songs and you want to talk and be like these rappers. And so like with that comes the disrespect uh, towards your partner with that comes a lot of other things. And it's just like using like the things that are happening around you, that you know quote unquote molded you because maybe you saw your dad do that maybe you saw your grandparents Mm -hmm. do that and now you're that person and you can't take one step back to like understand your partner where your partner you know and again not saying that your partner is the one right or wrong in an argument or discussion but your partner is trying to do the mature thing and open up to you and you're just like nah i don't want to hear it how many times have have we all heard the when you're trying to you know share your feelings or something. No, I'm good. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Cause I know I, 
if if y'all have never heard that, you're lying. Mm-hmm. You're lying because you because like that has happened. I feel like quite a bit. I used to be like that. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Nope, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And all that does is create so much distance to. Sometimes it could be beyond repair. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. And we talked a little bit about this in our communication episode. I think you have gone thing through things in your childhood that have made you a little bit of a passive, constructive communication. And in our relationship, you have turned into a active, constructive. Mm-hmm. And it, it took time and it took me understanding your background, where you came from, but you met me there. Yep. And in my family, there was a lot of like, my dad used to always say like, if your family can't tell you about yourself, who can? And so there is jokes all the time. There is just being raw and honest with each other about certain things. Like, you know, no one's perfect, but like, I just came from conflict was something that would help you be stronger rather than conflict being something that had to be defensiveness in a right or wrong. And so I feel like too, when you're talking to your partner, you guys, there is a way to move someone from passive destructive or passive constructive to active. You can get someone to a different level of communication that works for your relationship if they want to do the work, if they care about your relationship. Because if that is the goal, if your end goal is to be with each other, it is to be successful and, and thrive and strive for new things, then they need to meet you in a way where you both feel healthy and good about each other. Yep. If they're not in it to win it and not in it for the long run, then they will show you that they're not going to change. But I feel like that comes with age because, again, like mm-hmm. a lot of young men don't know what they don't know. They don't know boo-boo about boo-boo until they grow up. And it's just like, Indeed. yeah, no, this ain't. This you feel like that's cool. because lack of examples? Because you said the company you keep. I feel like as a child, your family is the company you keep. And then you become adults and you get to pick your company. That's not but, necessarily true because you could be a child from a a home with um, without a present parent or present parents mm-hmm. and be, be in the company of other people's families. Okay, yeah. Because then, I mean, it's, it's the same way. Like right. you... you, you on one end might be the company you keep is is neglect on the or not neglect that's the wrong word the company you keep on on this end is uh abandonment but over here you, you go might find see what you're, you yeah need, you, but, you're but you might see like neglect abuse you might see like a whole bunch of other things over there and it's like you just as a sponge you soak it up all mm. soak it all of it i love that well you talked about like yeah the company you keep i feel like as now a couple we strive for positive couples that we feel like match our energy and that's so key because if your role model is social media or your role model or certain people on tv or whatever it might be sometimes that's not the real and you need to find someone that you see in everyday life because it's so important to have people around you that can speak to you and that can help you be better yeah I'm 1,000% a vibes person. Mm-hmm. I 1,000% um, am okay with keeping the circle so small because, like, I hate being around drama. I hate being around all that stuff. I love hearing about it, but, like, Rome's keep like, me out of the it. Team, but I don't want to be part of the team. Yeah, like, like, don't put me in there. That's This is a you problem. Yeah. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the uh, destructive destructive criticism stuff is I'm like, nah, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem, but it so is. 
and I, uh, you talked about like as you get mature, you get older. I feel like that's also something that happens when you get older is like being able to understand how important your circle is and how okay it is to have that circle small. Mm-hmm. And you start off with this big circle and then you start to think about what's important to me, like what are my priorities, who is bringing negativity to my life, that. who is... Uh, Some of y'all friends to- are not really your friends. Like they might've been your friends at childhood, but like today, like y'all are so grown apart, but you can't see that. Yeah. And you can't see that the every time they call and you don't want to answer, it's because. Like, well, that's the thing. How does that person make you feel? Someone asked me that. Like, give me a list of your top ten friends that you have. Now, when they call you or when you're around them, how do they make you feel? And it's like, ooh, yeah. if, if it's a good feeling, if you feel energized, if you feel like nostalgic, whatever it might be, then that's someone for you. But if that person, if you dread picking up the phone or you leave and you need like a man, you know, a whole day to kind of debrief and just like decompress from the situation, then that's something that's okay of removing yourself or having them be part of your life in a certain way. I think everyone doesn't have to serve you in the same way. Let me say it's remove yourself from the people you want to remove yourself from. You don't have to have an elaborate reason. Mm. If you just not mess with the person anymore, that's it. Like it's, yeah. it's fine. It, it, it's fine. There's the, like I said, people people grow apart, especially friends that you knew when you were younger, and they might have been your your junior high friends or high school friends. Like, and you a full grown adult with a family now. Like, yeah, like Felicia said, that's why we're so uh, vibe heavy. Mm-hmm. And again, it's no disrespect to to any of our friend groups, you know, partners or anything like that. Like it take a lot to get me outside to go do some couple stuff, <laughs> but like there are people that I will, you know, go do it for with, you know, all that yeah. stuff like that. But for the most part, like I think it's also just like you get older, you have kids, you have a job, you need time to rest. Like your time is so valuable and the time you have in the day is so little mm-hmm. that it's like who is worth my time to get up and get dressed, drive in traffic, get, be around? If I'm taking all this effort just to get to the, this visit, yep. to this outing, yep. it needs to be something that makes me feel good. There's a good vibe. Because why am I putting all this energy and effort for it not to be? And I think that is where we've come to a point where it's like, now our time is valuable. And so we're there. So it's like, yeah. and it also takes so much time to schedule any kind of outing anymore. There's Any so many kind calendars. of again, so many calendars. If you have kids, it just adds a whole other thing. If you have medical kids, it adds a whole other mm-hmm. thing of coverage you need. And when it comes down to it, it's just like pandemic. See, the one thing about pandemic that I could say really quick, and this is kind of random, but kind of uh yeah. So the one thing about pandemic is pandemic showed that a lot of people like can't be home by themselves oh, yeah. in the quiet. And like but those of us like myself who like mm-hmm. just enjoyed all of it, it's just like, all right, that's cool. Like you guys don't want, all right, bye. Like so, Felicia, like I gotta get up out of here. I gotta go do something. She's like, oh, what are you gonna do today? Nothing, because the house is free. There's nobody in the house but me, and so I'm gonna stay right here. Doesn't say what you really say. And I'm gonna be quiet. What do I say? I'm gonna walk around in my drawers. I'm gonna walk around in my drawers exactly, <laughs> and do it, yeah, and did it. Did. Okay, okay. So in the article too, it talks about how you respond to good news. Yes. And I didn't, as I dug deeper, I didn't realize how important this was because they share that if I'm sharing good news with you and you are not supportive, you are not enthusiastic, you are not genuinely interested in asking like follow up questions, then 
that shows how the partner appreciates you and maybe in, internally you start to feel less appreciative, less supported. And you're not an enthusiastic No, I was going to say, let, let me cook on this one. Just, just throw it up. Okay. Well, there you I'm go. I'm yamming this shit. Okay, here we go. So, again, we, we talk about, we, we try to give you real life stories and we try to give you, you know, real life advice and experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, this was something that I had to learn. And let me take you back and give you scenarios. So I, we've said plenty of times, and if you haven't heard me say this, go back and listen to all other 16 episodes. But just growing up, I have a pessimistic mindset because I feel like a lot of negativity has happened to me. Whereas vice versa, Felicia, a complete opposite end of the spectrum. A lot of positive things have happened to Felicia. Now, again, I can't say that that's not all me or my fault. Like sometimes it's just the universe and circumstances. Mm-hmm. But long story short, long story less long, I'm saying all that to say back in the day, even like back in the day, like seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. Felicia would share good news with me. And I was always like, I was never like, like, upset at the good news because that's not really my well yeah i'm not a cheer like that like that's not really my nature no but like there came a point i remember a conversation we had where you were feeling a way about even sharing good news with me because you've seen all the negative stuff that happened with me Mm -hmm. and cascaded with me and watched me dealt with it so like you felt a way with even being able to share that and so with me of course it's just like you try not to get into that like comparison model Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's just like you start looking back and thinking like oh well if i had this if i had this and if i had this i could probably do that or i could probably do that and you know you just let your mind take you to that you take it over the evil line of comparison Mm -hmm. now again the, the growth coming in like just like felicia and just like my other friends even if my life is falling apart brick by brick I can still be happy for somebody and everything that they have going on. And I think that's why, you know, through growth and maturity, I straight up said, like, listen, I look at everything, like I said, almost like facts, data, numbers wise. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you have these six things going for you and I have these two things going for me, like, why am I not pouring the rest of mine into you so you can continue to excel? And that's why I said, you're the face of this family. Mm. And that's why I said, you keep going and do what you have to do because there's still, you know, a lot of like great things, a lot of opportunities that get presented to us through the work that you're doing. And again, it's just like with any kind of relationship and partnership and any of that, like you have to have two people who are willing to play ball. And that's why I said, I know my season's coming. Yeah. I know there's going to be a season. I know I'm over here. I'm, I'm gardening right now. I'm over here digging the holes and putting them seeds in, sprinkling, sprinkling that with that drip, you know? <laughs> and so. My dad would be so proud. I know, right? I got the weed and feed down. <laughs> I got the. Uh, you know, side story, we'll get back to it. My dad is all about the landscaping. What's your grass look like? Every time he comes here, he mows our lawn. He he, he be mad too. Yeah, like he, you didn't put no weed, put a weed feed, down. feed down. So that's like our inside <laughs> joke of. So as he's talking about, uh, you know, digging up the dirt and you know, really planting the seeds. seeds. I'm like, he'd be so proud, y'all. Yeah. But that is growth, and I, that is so true because it was hard early in our relationship to tell you good things, not because I didn't think you were happy, but I was trying to be conscious of how 
it was making you feel. Right. Like you, I, you have 10 things to share and I like never have anything good yeah. to share. Like, oh, I'm here. Because it can be super insensitive <laughs> to come home and like, this happened for me. This happened for me. And you're like. I'm over here trying to find a job. And over yeah. there is this. And so once you share that vocally of like, no, like I can be happy for you and understand that my time is coming or that good things will happen for me as well. Or that when something happens for you, it's a win for me too. Mm -hmm. And so when you change that mindset to realize that your partner's wins are yours, it allowed us to celebrate together mm -hmm. because before it was very solo and siloed that I was happy for something that I, I did. And so I would have to find a way to me is to bring it back to how it's a win for us. Uh -huh. And you, for a great example is like me coming home and sharing that you know, I got a promotion and they were looking at making me like a senior director and here you are, I'm laid off. And right. Like, oh, like <laughs> supplementing you, jobs. Yeah. But you were like, nah, this is good for us. Like, hey, this is a win. Yeah. And even early on, like you talked about circumstances. I do believe that circumstances have help me in a way to achieve what I've been through and, you know, what I've been able to accomplish. No, but there's no doubt too. this happens. Like yeah. statistically there's, there's no doubt just with, with infrastructure. And again, that's not a bad thing. Well, that's, let me, let's kind of break it down. Like you kind of said this or that. Do you care if I elaborate? No. And then, <laughs> <laughs> this, you say if this happened and this happened. So oh, like oh, yeah, for, okay, yeah, for no, some examples are yeah. a two parent home. Yes. Like, and you have that, but like my parents have been married for almost 50 years and you have seen divorce. And so that has been something obviously that's going to be hard on a young child growing up is to have the divorce happen at such a young Let's age. Let's take it like this. Let me, let me piggyback off. So the, the barometer is really stability. Stability. Two parent household, security, same house growing up. Yes, they, you know, they like, still live in it for like 36 all, years. All that stuff like that. Me moving around all the time, switching schools seem like every other year. Mm -hmm. um, Two-parent household at one time, one-parent household at one time. You know, one parent still in the wind. You know, like it yeah. just, it, it just is what it is. So it's like security foundation right away, I think yeah. is like the biggest thing because with, you know, just to speak for myself before I toss it back to you, with, with that, like I'm always trying to, find level footing mm -hmm. and it's like and you have a, a foundation I you do. know built already and so it's enabled it's able to you to build up and i'm kind of like you know to give i guess a contractor's example trying to, to level out the dirt to build my foundation but yeah you know, there's still some cracks in there and i and i didn't realize how important that foundation was to the things i've been able to achieve because my parents both come from homes where their their fathers passed away at a young age, you know, single mom, and there was a lot of struggle, and that created some grit for them and hard work ethics for them that created this foundation that gave their families a different outlook that they ever had. And so you relate really well with my parents, mm -hmm. and I am a product of their hard work and grit. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that our children will be yes. similar. Well, they are going to be a product of the important foundation we're putting together. Yep. And that is something that we come together all the time is like, how do we give them a childhood that they don't have to have therapy about? They don't have to, from the things that we've done, you yep. know, I think things are happening just in life, but how can we create as little amount of trauma for them as possible? Air horn. And I also think that these two things, how we respond in a fight and a disagreement and how we respond to good news is a reflection that are is something that are 
is an example that our kids get to see. Yep. And that will help them because this is part of the foundation. If they see us being able to resolve issues, if they see us having a, a solid tone and not yelling, then they will realize mom and dad had conflict and mom and dad got through it. So now yeah. it's okay to share with dad, hey, this, what you did made me upset. Yep. What you, because we, we talked about, we want them to come to us and we want to be able to not react and hear them out and, and say sorry if needed and be able to support them through resolving that conflict. So it's also about how they now take what we're doing and apply it in their lives and, and with us. Yeah, there's a lot of parents that still to this day can't say sorry. Yeah. There's a lot. And um, I, shoot, I've been apologizing to my kids, whether like my daughter, you know, because sometimes like I'm not, I'm not a yeller and we don't really believe in spanking our kids. Like the kids just through communication, they listen. But like if Roman is doing, Felicia shared an example of Roman um, playing with, playing with something and she's like, hey, don't touch that. And he just turns around and laughs at her. Laughs going, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you can see they say you have to use a deeper tone. Rome says no. And he, yeah. He and so, <laughs> so it's really just, and again, he's young, but like Callie too, like they, they get it. And so we wanted to be able to have it where we can tell them, you know, hey, don't do this. This mm -hmm. is why you shouldn't do this. And then they can also, you know, hopefully one day communicate back to us and give us a better understanding. If we're wrong, hey, sorry, like I'm yeah. sorry, baby. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, you know, thank you for thank you for it's letting so me good know for that. Her to hear at this age. And one another thing I wanted to quickly touch on too is I think where you know my mindset changed with all of that stuff with celebrating the good news. I mean, obviously it was before that, but like where it really hit home was with Callie and how we are all about celebrating all oh. the many milestones where it's, it's so just like our, our girl mimics something and makes a sound and we're like, Oh my God, you know, like praise, praise, praise. Because like, I don't think you can have enough praise for your kids. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say, boys need love too. <laughs> yeah. Both are key. And we, the small wins, big wins, all of the wins we appreciate. And I think that in your relationship, it's so important also to celebrate the small wins because yep. as we talked about how tough last year, this past year has been for us. There have also been some beautiful things that have happened out of this year and it's needed to reflect. And so that's a good segue into the questions that we had talked about last episode. So we're going to sprinkle them in throughout this episode. So if you could wish for one thing to come true for us in the future, what would it be? Mm, we should have had Ray J's queued up. I'm going to say it first. All right. You'll say it first. You could take mine and now force me to scramble. Health. Okay, um, that's not what I would have said. I, but, would, uh, I would love for just health and for Callie, you know, I think we've got a lot going on with her little body that we're trying to get through. You and your fatigue and your chronic illness, like health is such an important thing to have, to be able to have longevity, to be able to enjoy the little moments. And so I really wish for our future to come, you know, better health. Word the question again for me. It's it's what what if you could wish for one thing to come true for us in the future, what would it be? I took it a little different way because I, I love to yeah, get your perspective on it. Because right away, like, of course, if there's one thing like and it's the dad of me. This is so funny because the number one thing I was going to say is uh, 
generational wealth for our children. Because again, you were, you went right to the feeling based things. And I went right to the fact of, okay, our kid, you know, one, one child has a disability, which is going to cost X amount, which is a 50% chance that uh, she could pass it down to her children, which then, you know, we know how expensive mm-hmm. it is for this hospital journey and just spending five months in the hospital and let alone all this medicine and stuff like that. So it's just like, how can we better support them, but also to um, give them the true sense of wealth to where like they can make their own uh, financial decisions and, you know, they can decide if they want to carry on with the family's media legacy or if they want to, you know, do whatever they want to do, but essentially we're going to be rooted in, in giving. So like we're going to really show them that, yes, we are, you know, built this generational wealth. Yes. We have these, uh, properties. Yes, we have these businesses, Mm -hmm. but just remember there's always going to be people who are less fortunate that, Mm -hmm. that really need this. And that's why I talked about, uh, a few pods ago about wanting to help people for Thanksgiving and all that. Um, I just, I could see us, you know, just in the future, um, doing a lot of philanthropic stuff. Oh yeah, we already Hospital have some stuff. Once the kids get a little older. Yeah. There so, was some uh, volunteering that we wanted to do in the yep, holidays. Exactly, holiday volunteering, passing out, passing out stuff like even going and buying for kids presents in the NICU. Like we're always going to be yeah. tied to that- hospitals and stuff like that. So I think a lot of our our uh, philanthropic work will come with with. Uh, children with illness um mm-hmm. and disabilities just because again we we went through that life and it's so hard and so dark and yes. just i'm gonna uh drop something in the comments or in the sorry in the description so last maybe it was two years ago we received gifts in order to give them back out so we had an amazon wish list that was directly connected to a um a home facility that cares for kids kind of like Callie who have medical needs, who maybe their family don't have the financial ability or the time or the resources to support them on a daily basis. You know, insurance is helping us cover nurses, things like that. Not everyone has that um, privilege and ability to do so. And so there's homes that care for these children 24 seven and they have needs. They have diapers, wipes, um, food, toys, all of that. And so we, we um, donated a lot of things. So we also allowed people to send gifts in monetarily. So you can send money in or you can go through the wish list. You can purchase things that have it directly sent to us. And then mm. we just did one big drop off. Two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I did one. We did one together and then I did one solo. So we're going to do that again. And I'll leave it in the comment or in the description so you can see how you can help us, you know, spread that love and spread the idea of just being like, generous and compassionate. And, and again, so, it's, it's no pressure because we understand this holiday is a hard holidays in general are hard for a lot of people. We yeah. just are in a position to where like uh, quick, quick story. Mm-hmm. Cause all I kept thinking and feeling. So when we were about to leave the hospital, one of those um, homes called us and was interested in taking Cali oh. and it was a, uh, you know, for us, it was, it was a hard no, because I was going to do, we were both going to do whatever we could to have our baby home. And I just like, I often think about like how her life, how different her life is. 
if we don't bring her home and don't see her every and day. don't see her every day and like i'm only saying this to say that like you know these parents again like sometimes they have other kids or like mm-hmm. are unable to to uh care for their children but these children need as much joy as they can get and because they they deserve it all and so that was our main kind of mission behind it was it's just like yes there's a lot of people in need in this world but we just we saw our daughter because there were they had two pfeiffer syndrome kids at the uh one of the ones i went to and it's just like this this could be cali like Mm -hmm. regardless this this little girl might be having or might future have abandonment issues because her parents are unable to take her in that's where my mind went again as as you know someone you know regardless um so if you can help out definitely hit that link and help out if you can't you know there will be more opportunities we'll we'll be there in spirit but i'd actually prompt you all to look up those homes in your area Mm. and see if you can drop off some diapers or something for them because they all need it definitely Okay, so I know we got really serious, and and you serious? I actually you did. What? You took us there, but we have to wrap this episode up with some tea. So I'm gonna hand over to Rome because he's a tea man, and he is gonna share some uh, uh, pop culture, some things from the shade room. Hold on, so all <laughs> that right. we could talk about that relate to what we've been talking about. All right, tea. Well, you know we're here. We have this podcast called rebirth of life and love and there are just you know i guess some people that you should get relationship advice from and Uh maybe some people that maybe you should take it with a grain of salt Uh but in case y'all didn't hear you know travis kelsey and taylor swift have been dating for a while a while you haven't really heard yeah i mean since the early in a while Okay, a while relationships don't be lasting past a month. Oh man! Like okay, so yeah, so, they've been dating so for like three been, months. They've been dating for a few months. Okay, maybe it's not a while for three months, but here you go. So I don't know how this happened. Maybe they just ran into man's somewhere. Uh-huh. But Lamar Odom, formerly you know of the Los Angeles Lakers basketball player, uh, who was formerly married to Khloe Kardashian, uh-huh. had some advice for Travis Kelsey Uh-oh. to. Uh, <laughs> This is funny. Like after he basically wanted to give him this relationship advice after a failed marriage with Chloe. Now, uh, <laughs> is, you don't know, he was married to Chloe Kardashian of the Kardashians. Yes, was, they had their own show, and you would think that his life it was, was when like, he was playing with the Lakers. Yeah, so he, like, was, he was he was all time high with her, and then his life just kind of crashed down. There's a lot of things on the back end of that as far as he got into some drugs. Yeah, then hold on, we go get to it. We go okay. get to it. So this is. What Lamar said, and I quote, my advice would be to be strong and stay by her as close as possible. Now, that's pretty good advice, right? Okay. Be strong and stay by her as close as possible. Yeah, he's a little possessive. Okay, right? but okay, but here we go. <laughs> so after what he said. So there are going to be millions of women that want to taste what Taylor Swift is tasting. And it can be overwhelming because we're men. So now that you hear that last part, is his advice good or is it bad? Let's start there. So he's saying stay by her and stay as close or stay, be strong, stay by her and be as close to her as possible. That part was okay until now you add more context to it of he's pretty much saying don't give her to give each other too much wiggle room because the cheating might happen. But they're both like, 
I don't think either one of them, someone would say Taylor put him on the map. People are already looking at him like a sex symbol. And so I don't feel like now Taylor's there. There's gonna be, you think there's going to be new women sliding in his DMs that weren't there before? See, this is the where it's the the interesting part because like the Swifties are such like people to where I don't know if they would let that happen. Oh, no. That would almost be like a death sentence for somebody because if somebody slid in Travis's DMs, the Swifties would assemble. Oh, I and like they're like, you're not gonna break Taylor's heart. You're never ever ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like for him, this is a lot of pressure. Because as much as everybody's become a big fan of his through Taylor, now if you break her heart, the downfall of that is going to be extensive. It's going to be extreme of the hate you're going to get. So don't don't break her heart or let her write a song about you. You Because it's over. Well, okay. Because this was another topic that we didn't touch on before, but it's still very relevant to pop culture. Megan the Stallion and her ex party. Now oh. Meg mentioned him, you know, cheating on her in the same bed that she sleeps in, mm-hmm. in her recent song. And Party, who is a writer, came back and clapped back with the whole song saying? about her. Oh, we we got to that's for another day. But long story short, he just said like, I was the one who held you down when you were messing with all these dudes and lied about it. And mm. you need. He's like, I'm not talking to Megan the Stallion. I'm talking to Megan the person. He's like, I hope you get help and all this stuff like that. Like he was really like seriously like took her down. And so like what with that being said, the reason why that's relevant is one of the most dangerous things is for someone like Taylor Swift to have any sort of ammunition mm. about you because she could hit the studio and reach millions and millions of people exactly. of something that you did to her and your relationship may not ever 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 be the same again no it will not what she say you're never ever ever getting back together yes. that's it's over for that so wait is that a taylor swift song yeah yeah that's it yeah i learned that from a uh, pitch perfect yeah <laughs> that's i'm pretty sure that's it, it know, is, it is from pitch her. perfect yeah I'm but sure i'm, I'm pretty her. sure it's taylor swift. oh yeah but uh but, but, so the advice thing I think we should add that in here. Like, is this good or bad advice for relationships? Yeah, you should answer. Like that is that segment. is that good advice or bad advice from Lamar Odom? Again, Lamar Odom said, stay strong, stick by your girl, and everything will be okay. Because there are so many women out there who want to taste what Taylor's tasting. And how do we even know Taylor's tasting anything? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like they're we don't like know in that. their 30s. I'm pretty sure they're tasting a whole lot of something. <laughs> what, what did Tiger say? You can get a taste. <laughs> uh, we could cue that song up. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast RL Podcast on YouTube, RL Podcast on Instagram. Follow myself and Rome on Instagram as well. And even if you didn't enjoy this episode, follow and do all those things to go watch the episode because even if this episode wasn't hitting for you, it's some stuff you need to know for the next year. Share it, share it, okay? And we'll be back with episode 18. 1-8. And that will be the last one of the year. Of the year. Before we flow into 2024. Yeah. We got y'all.